This is part 2 of a two-part conversation. In the last episode, we spoke about the gap. I think we must be cautious about blanket statements such as CBTI as the gold standard in treating insomnia. There's a wide gap in the sleep care paradigm and millions lie between diagnosed sleep conditions and great sleep. And there is so much outside research in sleep which can be supportive even if you're someone who does need skilled sleep care. Talking about this gap is critical. I wanted to get into the three tiers of sleep deficiency. In the previous episode with Andrea Nakayama, we spoke about eight aspects that are tier one non-negotiable in improving sleep. In today's episode, we'll answer three questions. One, how can we understand sufficiency of sleep nutrients without going into deficiency or toxicity? Two, how can sufficiency of nutrients work on tier 2 to improve sleep? Where might you need to think about tier 3 of actually getting a diagnosis with a specialist? Speaking into the gap in the sleep resolution matrix is Andrea Nakayama, founder CEO Emeritus at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. I brought Andrea as she's masterful at speaking into the gap. She's trained thousands of practitioners and she's the host of the award-winning podcast, The 15-Minute Matrix. If you missed the previous episode, I suggest listening to that one before you listen to this one. Let's get started. Hey everyone, I'm Deepa, Light Functional Medicine Practitioner, author and you. And you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast, the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations. I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom. Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Um, so let's jump into tier two and don't want to let you go without speaking about tier two. Yeah, and I love what you were sharing, Deepa. And you'll hear that when I think about deficiencies, I'm not going to talk about tryptophan deficiency. So tier two is deficiency to sufficiency. The other side of that is toxicity, right? So there's a spectrum there where we want to come into that balance or modulation. And there are a number of things that can contribute to poor sleep or impact our sleep. So certainly inflammation and other immune mediated conditions could be in their hyper form, like you were saying earlier. So 
autoimmune conditions can be connected to sleep apnea, to REM disorders. Again, there's that sleep immune crosstalk and our understanding of that dates back to the early 1900s. So when we think about deficiency to sufficiency, yes, I'm going to talk about nutrients, but there could also be a toxicity in our immune system, right? And I don't mean it's literally toxic. I just mean it's more than our body can handle. And so that's impacting our sleep. Cortisol imbalances can also be in that uh, arena where they are hyper. We have a hyper release of cortisol. And so understanding how we can modulate that. And again, that need some help from a practitioner, certainly medications again, but what about those nutrients that might be deficient? And when I think about these nutrients, I think about them again in a much more gross way. I'm not talking about amino acids. We should be able to get our amino acids from the proteins that we eat from breakfast, like you said. But our fat-soluble vitamins, there's certainly, as I'm sure you've talked about, Deepa, connections to vitamin D and how there are vitamin D-activated circadian clock genes so we have genes that are activated by vitamin D. And so a deficiency or a toxicity in vitamin D could impact our sleep. So that's a great one to be measuring and looking at with a provider. Vitamin E, there's, oh, go ahead. Yes, Andrea, and I just wanted to stop you for a second because you're the very first person who's spoken about toxicity as well. And I know that vitamin D is something that can be very disruptive to sleep in high doses for many people. And usually I find those who have some challenges with their liver struggling with sleep. I cannot take a high dose vitamin D. I'm not sleeping for the next three to four nights. Mm -hmm. And I'm having these very bizarre dreams when I do fall asleep. So then I just switched and I did this for a lot of clients as well, where I just insisted that we stay with a very low dose vitamin D. And that was just a big difference to sleep. So it's not as simple as just throwing these high doses of vitamin D into people. Yes. And supplementing is even in the area where we don't want to do that without the understanding of what we're doing. Vitamin D is certainly a test don't guess arena for me. A lot of times when people say that they're talking about fancy testing. For me, it's that baseline testing, as you know, Deepa, and vitamin D, we want to see where we are, and we want to see what we need. And we want to see how our body does with the supplement too. So for me, because of my autoimmunity, I had a hard time bringing my vitamin D levels up because of the transformation of the vitamin D through the supplements. And I did do well with a short time on a higher dose, and then got into a too high level and needed to bring it down. And I say that just to confirm what you're saying, Deepa, that it's so individualized. And this is where we could really use some help that, again, isn't this isn't a pathological issue, unless it's in a gross um, range, that it becomes a pathological issue, right? We're talking about functional issues here, which is really fine tuning the radio dial, as I like to say. 
So these fat-soluble vitamins, vitamin D, vitamin E, they're very grounding, and both of them impact our sleep, as does vitamin C, some of our B vitamins, vitamin B6, vitamin B12. And again, I'm not saying to take these. If we're eating a diverse diet, which is easier for some than others for a variety of reasons, we should be getting these nutrients and then determining if and how we need them. So these for me aren't about taking a supplement unless it's determined that it's necessary. We also could have deficiencies in GABA production, which is very helpful for sleep, in melatonin production. Again, I am not advocating supplementing with either of those things, but they could be impacting our sleep and become areas of exploration. And then magnesium, that's an easy one that I can talk about supplementing because I feel that's sort of a non-negotiable and iron as well can impact sleep. So these are bigger picture nutrients that aren't just amino acids. There are micronutrients, are vitamins and minerals, and a few others that do impact our sleep and could be thought about from that tier two arena, deficiency to sufficiency, and then that toxicity needs to be brought into sufficiency as well. And as I was talking about the nutrients, I did want to make sure we spoke about those earlier issues in relation to the immune system, the cortisol production, um, and what other factors may be impacting our sleep. Lovely, Andrea. And I just also wanted to mention this since you said iron. And iron is something that we can talk a little bit about, especially since it's a very tier three concept in the sleep space where you do hear a lot of sleep practitioners, a lot of sleep research mentioning restless leg syndrome. And there are sleep experts talking about how iron deficiency is a reason for restless leg syndrome, which is a big reason why people don't sleep. However, no one does talk about what is the tier one and tier two of the iron deficiency, which is gut health, which is how do we absorb? Are we getting enough food? It's not as simple as giving a supplement of iron all the time. Yes, there might be situations where that is required. So, so if we could use iron as a little example to quickly go into the three tiers, that would be great. Yeah. So if we're looking at tier three, that's where we are again, getting back to that pathology or that diagnostics. And the, the diagnosis that often comes with iron deficiency is anemia, right? But we will see people who are having issues with iron that aren't just because they are anemic or they aren't diagnosed with the anemia. But iron is something we can be getting through our food, but we also need to be converting in order order to utilize it in that form that we measure as ferritin. And that, as you said, Deepa, has so much to do with our gut function, it has to do with how we break down what we're consuming, if indeed we are consuming enough iron, which 
if people eat meat, they typically are. If they don't, we may have some concerns there. But how are we actually able to digest that iron through our stomach and our stomach lining and then utilize it requires our liver health. And so that understanding from somebody who can look through that lens helps us to make sure that we are getting what we need out of the food that we eat, which you said so beautifully, Deepa. Lovely, Andrea. And I think also that things can change very quickly. And I know that you always bring attention to the fact that labs are a guide. They're not everything. And labs just indicate to us at this moment, but it can be dramatically different six months later. So should you get frustrated if something changes for what appears to be worse? No, I think you just have to use that as a starting point to provide you with clues as to what to do next. Um, when do we actually come into a space of looking at sleep from a tier three perspective, where we look at needing to perhaps see a sleep expert or focus on getting a diagnosis? Yeah, I think we have to be careful about what we're thinking about and what we're looking at. So if you have, if you're a patient who has sleep issues or you're worried about things, that's something to always bring to your medical provider. So if there's trouble sleeping, we don't want to overlook something like sleep apnea that could cause other issues, other health issues and other health risks. So certainly if you're having sleep issues, bring it to your doctor no matter what. They'll do their realm of testing. They will rule out or rule in anything that does fall into that tier three arena. And that's important. That's why this is a yes and this approach that we take, Deepa, is the yes and. So we want to know that. And when we're working with somebody who has that diagnosis or that pathological dysfunction, that becomes part of our understanding. So it doesn't mean we're not looking at those other factors. We're looking at those factors with the understanding that that pathology exists and there are interventions that that medical provider is likely bringing in to address those pathological dysfunctions. So I hope that speaks into Deepa, the yes and. First of all, I'm always for like rule out anything we can rule out. And it's it's a good thing if the doctor says like, nothing I can do here, I don't see any issue. It doesn't mean there's nothing we can do. And if the doctor says there is something we can do, there is this issue, again, there's still more you can do. And I think Andrea also that I just recently had a situation with a client where uh, they seem to be two opposing views between me and his doctor. And I always go back to reassuring them that it's we're not, no one, everyone's working for your positive benefit and no one is working against each other. And you can always take something from everybody. And um, so I think that's important to not stress our um, clients and patients as well. I would love for you to wrap this conversation up, Andrea, with a few Andrea sleep hacks and what do you do to nurture your sleep each night? 
Yeah, I would love that. So for me, all those non-negotiables are at play. I definitely catch the wave. I go to sleep between nine and 10. Like I said, I feel it if I don't. I do take certain nutrients when I go to bed. So my favorite combo for myself is magnesium and B6. Those are very supportive for me through what I've been able to test and understand for myself. And I use my space appropriately. So I do create a sanctuary. I love my room. I'm comfortable. I like heat on my feet that turns off after a period of time so I can be in that coolness. So all of those non-negotiables we talked about are part of my routine and uh, of course balancing my blood sugar so that I can sleep through the night and get the most restful sleep possible. So those are my personal hacks and everything I shared with you today is in the toolbox that I might be considering in working with an individual to help them with their sleep. And Deepa, I just want to acknowledge again that like sleep is not a command. I've worked with people who do not have a a diagnosis, but have really odd things that happen in the middle of the night that we've had to work out. And so if you're experiencing those challenges, know that you don't have to go it alone. There's always people, especially functional nutrition counselors that can help you dive in and track and understand like, why is this happening? And what can we do about it? I think that's so important, Andrea. And we've got all uh, our guests complete our show mantra. So I'd love for you to complete it as well. If sleep is the new medicine, then what's Andrea's sleep? Yeah. So if sleep is the new medicine, then our best medicine cabinet may just be within ourselves. Lovely, Andrea. And I, where can people find you? And I know that we'll attach all the show notes of finding you and working with you. So, but where's the best place to guide everyone? So if you go to fxnutrition.com, You can learn everything there. You can find more about the training program, more about our clinic, my podcast, where Deepa, you've been an amazing guest. So fxnutrition.com is where you can find me and all that we do at the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Thank you, Andrea, for your time. It was such a pleasure having this conversation with you today. Thank you, Deepa. I'm so honored. In part two of this conversation, we heard Andrea Nakayama on the topic of the gap. In the previous episode, we spoke about the eight non-negotiable factors that are mediators in sleep. In this episode, we spoke about deficiencies that play a role in sleep challenges. Let me share some aspects to end this conversation. I recently had a conversation with the head of a company manufactured gut healing products and he mentioned thousands of patients reporting better sleep as an added bonus. His struggle of trying to convince a sleep clinic to explore it further for research into better sleep was an uphill task that eventually left him frustrated. This lack of openness to exploring options that improve sleep 
are at the core of what is missing in the sleep care paradigm. Can we change this? My message to you from these two conversations is to always explore options that help you even if it is not yet a research-proven sleep intervention. Andrea spoke about modulating between deficiency and toxicity. Be mindful of your vitamin D status. I advise checking levels every six months since opposite seasons interplay with it tremendously. Here's leaving you with some excitement to explore options beyond what is researched and obvious. Anything that helps you have better sleep is what I'm rooting for. Have a great day. Hi everyone, I hope you enjoyed the show today. Just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional. This information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services. If you are looking for personal help on your health journey, do seek out a qualified professional. Please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional. It is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition. Be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding. If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner, do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com. It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care, especially when it comes to chronic health condition. Be sure to subscribe to the Sleep Whisperer podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches.